It is Thursday, March 9th. This is Jaguars Happy Hour. And now, a guy who needs a near-perfect broadcast just to make the cut, J.P. Shadrick. Welcome in. It's Thursday. It's happy hour. My name is J.P. Shadrick. We've got a busy hour ahead as we prepare for the final week of the league year. We're inside a week away from the 2023 league year. Begins Wednesday at 4 o'clock Eastern time. We've got Jeff Lagerman standing by, Jaguars analyst. We'll hear from NFL Network analyst Brian Baldinger, scheduled for 4.30 today. We'll get his thoughts on Calvin Ridley's reinstatement and what he could bring to this Jaguars offense. Of course, Ridley was in the building earlier this week. We'll hear from him coming up. Evan Ingram tagged, franchise tagged by the Jaguars, all that in a discussion tonight. Let's start with the biggest news of the week, though. Wide receiver Calvin Ridley officially reinstated by the NFL commissioner's office, eligible to return to team activities immediately. So he arrived in Jacksonville Wednesday for a stadium tour. He met the brass and got acclimated somewhat here. He'll really get acclimated when the offseason program begins in mid-April. He also sat down with Bucky Brooks in an exclusive one-on-one conversation. A lot of watching from afar of this Jags team as they started to win late in the season. I was suspended and they, they, they gave me a chance. They took a shot on me. I mean, I, I think, you know, I thank them so much for taking a chance on me early in that situation. It made me, you know, it gave me some energy. I had a team to watch. I had a reason to, you know, want to come back and be a great player. And like, like, like you said, they were, they started playing amazing. So it was really fun for me to watch them, you know, get better. And I'm, I'm ready to get, get out there, man. That's all I can do. I don't really like to talk too much about it. I just want to play. If you followed him on social media throughout the fall, it, there was a lot of fire emojis when uh, the Jaguars were starting to, to win late in the season. And now he is a part of it coming up very, very soon. Jeff Logman joining me here in studio now. And it's been a little bit, Jeff. Great to see you again, first of all. What's up? Oh, it's good to be seen. I, I agree with that. Yeah. That means that uh, live and kicking. That's true. Um, so is Calvin Ridley. Uh, out of yeah. the league last year. With a uh, was actually an indefinite suspension with a gambling uh, issue, and then now uh, has been reinstated. He's back. He's in the building, and he'll be back for the offseason program. He says it's the final year of his five-year rookie contract, so he has plenty of motivation to get this thing right. Well, and I think he probably just wants to get back in the locker room setting and be one of the guys. You know, kind of get all of his conversation about being reinstated and all that kind of behind him and make the conversation about football because as a football player, that's all you want to talk about. That's all you want to be. Uh, But I'm excited for him. I mean, this guy's a fantastic player and uh, very low cost for the Jaguars to be able to acquire a player of that stature that's got that explosive ability, playmaking ability at at a position really that they needed. But the great thing is because he's on kind of a, approve it deal because he's still got what one year remaining on his rookie year deal on his rookie deal you know if he has a great year and he's a fit and he fits the culture then you look at locking him up if it doesn't work out it was a very inexpensive acquisition to be able to get essentially what would be a rental for one year but I mean this guy is a marquee guy and I think he's going to fit right in Uh, everything you hear about him is very positive and that's that's the best thing because if a guy doesn't fit the locker room, then he can't fit your plans. 
he uh, wrote a letter in the Players' Tribune, uh, actually yesterday it came out, and kind of detailed some of the issues he was having, even in the good years in Atlanta when he was playing well and playing big and putting up big numbers. He had a broken foot. He was playing through it. They kept shooting it up and never could really overcome that. Well, now he's had the surgery. Everything's fine there. His health should be after a year and a half away from football, should be in, in tip-top shape. And then uh, above the shoulders as well, he's got to be back. Well, and that's what I was just going to bring up because he had some mental health issues that he talked openly about that he needed to address. And look, uh, a year off, sometimes you can allow the body to heal but also take the necessary steps to allow the mind to heal because uh, this is a it's a tough business. I mean, it's a, it's a pressure-packed business and it's a performance-based business. And when you have a year off, you know, hopefully he dedicated that year off to some some things that were productive at making himself better. And uh, but I'm excited to see him come out on the field because you know the Jaguars right now have really I think two excellent receivers in Zay Jones and Christian Kirk, and that's not even considering Evan Ingram who has been tagged, which we'll get to in a little bit, who's an excellent player as well. But this is a three wide receiver league now. And that's really what you have to have if you're going to be able to compete. And right now in this division, you have the quarterback that is by far the best quarterback in the division. Now you give him three weapons at wide receiver and a really good weapon at tight end. Hold on. You're going to create some serious problems for defensive coordinators and stressing them because it's very difficult to cover four viable receivers. Yeah, and you can move him in, in any different piece of this no, offense no, and, you and, want. Well, and we're not even talking about the running back as no, being a viable I mean, option. He, I mean, he ran for 1,000 yards last year. Well, and he's a viable yeah. option option in the passing sure. game. And so is Jermichael Hasty. I mean, sure. which has been – he's been re-signed since the last time me and you talked. You know, there's been a lot of goings on. And everything so far has been very positive for the Jaguars. You know, the big question mark, I think, that uh, you look at and you, you think that this may be the one area that doesn't get done for the Jaguars or is not likely to get done is right tackle Jawan Taylor. You know, Evan Ingram got franchise tagged, yes, um, but the, the Taylor one's kind of still out there. The clock's ticking now. You know, he'll be a free agent at 4 o'clock Wednesday at the start of the league year. and He's going to have a big market. Once he's out there, you just never know, right? Well, he's going to have a big market. And that's just, you know, that's why you go to free agency if you're a player. You know, you want to go to free agency because the money gets bigger when you get multiple parties that are essentially bidding on your services. And, uh, and look, it's, a lot of people say, well, the Jaguars should resign them. Well, yeah, but it takes two parties to make a deal. And if I'm in the Juwan Taylor camp, I've been in that position before, you want to get to free agency to see what your value really is because your value – reaches, I, I believe, the, the highest possible level when you get to that free agent level. And uh, he's got a great opportunity. And, you know, credit to him. He had an excellent year. Excellent year. And I think, I got, I think he got some great coaching by offensive line coach Phil Rauscher. And it really kind of, I think, settled Jawan Taylor. He had his best year by far, uh, especially as a, as a pass protector. I mean, he was just fantastic as a pass protector. And it was great to see, you know, and, and I like Juwan. Guy works hard, plays hard, uh, is all about ball. Um, I still believe that he's got another level that he can get to as far as finishing plays. I believe he's got another level that he can get to in run blocking because he plays that 
so important right tackle position where it's needed that he needs to be a physical presence in the run game. But look, if it doesn't happen, you've got a young player that I thought really kind of blossomed before our eyes at the end of last season with the injury to Cam Robinson. Um, I mean, I, I, Walker Little. Well, with Walker, I mean, he can he play right tackle? We saw the competition last year, and and I don't think he finished the competition very well. But I think he gained confidence playing this past year, and, and I think this year will be very different. And what did he play? Fifteen snaps at right tackle during that one game, and then Cam got hurt in the same game. He Correct. had to go back to left. Here comes Jawan off the bench again to finish the game. We didn't get a full sample size at right tackle in live games of him. But you have to you have to remember this about Walker Little. How many how many games of football did he play prior to this year in the last three years? Yeah, not many. No, nothing. I mean, he was really, yeah, he, not really not many at all. He didn't play for two years in college. A couple preseason games. Yeah, you know where he played part of the game, mm-hmm. and so I, I think the end of this past season for him, I think was a was a big confidence builder and let him know hey look I just played left tackle against some of the best players that the game has to offer and I did it in the playoffs too by the way and I did okay so I think this gives him a a shot of confidence going into this year that uh, look if things don't get done with Jawan Taylor then it will be interesting to see what happens you know is is Cam going to be the left tackle is Walker Little going to be the left tackle? You know, if Juwan is out of the picture, I mean, so is, somebody's got to be right. Yeah. Somebody's got to be left. You going to find another one somewhere? I don't know. You know? Yeah, but I mean, I can tell you this. If you don't end up getting Juwan Taylor, you got to find somebody that can be your swing backup. That was the, obviously the huge piece to last year. I mean, those they had injuries, whatever. Walker was that guy. It worked out. and But you know, if you're one of those guys is gone, you got to start over again. Well, that's why you always say that uh, the draft is the lifeblood of every franchise. You know, now you have to go out and find the next Walker Little, right? The guy that was the the backup tackle, swing tackle, mm-hmm. and if you had somebody get hurt, he steps in, plays well. Okay, can you find that guy in the draft? Probably not going to find that guy in free agency. You just yeah. don't. You just don't do that. All right, I'm going to ask you this: Who had the better? Sample size last year at left tackle, Cam Robinson or Walker Little? Well, I think that's a great question. I, for me, it's Cam. I, I thought Cam was doing really well. Um, but you also have to think not so much short term, but you have to think long term. And I'm, when I say long term, I'm not talking about three and four years down the road because three and four years down the road, I mean, there can be a lot of circumstances that change between now oh, and sure, now. Sure, yeah. But you have to look further down the road as as opposed to right now. Like right now, Cam's probably your better left tackle and allow Walker to get comfortable at right. Cam's got a lot of reps. But the whole goal of the season is to get better to where you're playing your best at the end. Okay, so are you going to be better at the end of next season or this season coming up with Walker playing at right tackle and Cam at left, or will you be a better offensive line with Walker at left, Cam at right? Now, I've said this before that I think Cam Robinson, Cam Robinson can be one of the best right tackles in the game because he plays the game like a right tackle. He's physical. He's strong. He finishes. He's got a little bit of um, – What's the right word to say that's okay to say on the radio? He's got a little edge to him. Yes, that's a, that's a good safe word. way to that's say That's a it. good word. That's <laughs> fair. <laughs> He's got some <laughs> edge to him. 
And uh, and Walker had just started to show a little bit of it at the end of the year. But Cam shows it consistently. So right tackles, you'd like to have a little bit of edge. Yeah, but a, a left tackle who was drafted as a left tackle, who's played every game in his career at left tackle, who signed a extension as a left tackle – Probably, I mean, I'm just gonna, I'm not going to speak for him. I'm guessing he probably doesn't want to play right tackle. Probably doesn't, you know? and I could totally understand that. But you know what? Right tackles get paid too. Yeah. And uh, and I, you know, and this is maybe a question that you could ask or answer. Did Cam Robinson ever play right tackle at, at Alabama? I don't believe. Has so. he ever played? Maybe like a game. Or right something. tackle. That was so long ago, though. Now. Right. Yeah. But and, and here's the thing: some guys can. Can make that switch. The guy won the Outland Trophy too. Some by guys the way. are. I don't want to use a term that I, I played with a guy one time, and and we had, we had a guy. To give you a funny story, we had, we had a guy who's a tight end, and it was the draft in which uh, the the New York Giants drafted a tight end, and the New York Jets drafted a tight end, and I was with the Jets at the time. We drafted Johnny Mitchell, and the Giants drafted the tight end from Notre Dame, who eventually came here and played for a number of years, and I'm drawing a blank on his name. So anyway, but Johnny Mitchell could throw right-handed the ball football, like 50 yards, 60 yards, throw the ball with his left hand, left arm, 50, 60 yards. And so one of the guys on the team was watching him do that, and the, the, what's the term, ambidextrous? Yes. Okay. <laughs> one of the guys on the team goes, man, Johnny, you're amphibious. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, my point of that is, is that with a tackle, are they amphibious, ambidextrous, or are they not? Because I've, I've seen guys that that you put them in a, a right-handed stance, and that's their natural. You put them in a left-handed stance, and they're awkward. They can't do it. It, it it's like uh, a foreign language to them. So. I think it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out, but I, I think you know the the common thought probably is going to be Cam at left and then let Walker play it right, and then you f- see how it goes. Well, the 2023 season is on the horizon, and you don't want to miss it. Lock in your seats at the bank this fall and place your deposit at jaguars.com slash tickets. Seat selection is coming soon. The perfect spot is waiting for you. Renewals deadlines, by the way, uh, was earlier this week, I believe yesterday. So, uh, the next step of the offseason is underway for season tickets. Join the Jaguars now and don't watch the Jags become kings of the jungle again from your couch. We've got plenty ahead. Brian Baldinger of NFL Network. Baldy. At 430. We'll get his thoughts on the Ridley edition and much more. Franchise tag for Evan Ingram. And a well, inside a week now to re-sign players before the start of the league year. We are off and running. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. The station that the Jaguars listen to, 1010XL. Home of the Jacksonville Jaguars. We got a window here before free agency actually opens to try to close these deals. You know, Doug and I have talked, uh, ownership, Sean, and the three of us have talked. Very important for us to keep our core players together. But it's got to make sense for both sides. It's got to be a win-win, and we've told that to the to the players. Uh, but we strongly believe in keeping this group together. 
That is Trent Balky, Jaguars general manager at the Combine last week. John Osher and I had him on Radio Row. And welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour. J.P. Shadrick with Jeff Lagerman. We're on Jaguars social media, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. Of course, 1010XL AM and Jaguars.com. Since that conversation, the Jaguars have franchise tagged Evan Ingram. About $11 million bucks. Well, it's just a placeholder. Inexpensive. Yes, but Evan Ingram tweeted after the fact, hey, he's excited to be back in Jacksonville, but is looking forward to a long-term deal with the Jaguars. So it could be just a placeholder, and that's fine. Could be. Um, Look, the the tag is convenient to use at a couple different positions, fullback, running back, tight end, guard, and center. Uh, The tag is not very expensive at those positions. Kicker. and kicker and punter. Okay, but I was just yes, focusing on yes, offense. Yes, yes, uh, the, the premium positions on offense, obviously, are quarterback, wide receiver, tackle. And so the the opportunity to use the tag to, to ensure that you're going to keep one of your core players and to continue to work on a contract extension. I'm not a, I'm not a big fan of the tag. I wish the, uh, the league would do away with it. Uh, why? I, well, I think it penalizes some players. I mean, why should Evan Ingram not have the same ability to test the market like a Juwan Taylor? Is that fair to Evan Ingram? So I, I think it. And when it was originally done, it was kind of a give and take, obviously, in the negotiations and collective bargaining, because you wanted to allow the owners to be able to keep some of their teams together. That was their main concern. And so the ability to use the tag was to help them kind of keep certain players. Well, it penalizes certain players on the opposite spectrum when you look at it from the player standpoint. But, look, I'm glad that that he's here. I'm extremely happy to see his response. Yes. I mean, it's, it's, look, that just goes to show you how mature – and how much of a pro Evan Ingram is. Because there's a lot of guys that could have responded in a very derogatory way. And it's been consistent with him. The, the day, clean-out day, the two days after the loss in the divisional round, we were in the locker room with him and asked him, hey, you know, what if they franchise you, would you be upset? He's like, you know, hey, it wouldn't be, I want a longer deal, but if that's a placeholder for something longer, okay, that's fine. So um, he bet on himself with this one-year deal to come down here, and it's worked out, obviously, for an $11 million franchise tag, at I, least. I think it just goes to show you that he's the type of person that you do, that you do want to do a long-term deal with because of the maturity level, the response that he had with the tag, and I, I thought that that was tremendous. And when I saw that, I was like, you know, that I wasn't surprised because that's just how Evan is. I mean, he's a very mature player. He works hard, and – total pro and and that's why you brought him in here he's very similar to zay jones he's very similar to christian kirk you know last year's free agent class i mean trent balk and 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 look and doug did straight a's on on that free agent class especially when it comes to the character category i mean fantastic so but you know listening to to the conversation that you guys had last thursday with Trent and also some conversations that were had with Doug and from the media podium and, and all that. When you're a team, you, you want to be able to keep your core together, but at the same time, you can't be scared of change. Because if you're scared of change, then sometimes you become stale. And so with this football team, I think it's important that you keep the core together. But again, you can't be scared of the unknown. I mean, you look at what Kansas City did when they – 
completely revamped their offensive line. I mean, they, they, they basically ousted everybody mm-hmm. and then did a complete rebuild of their offensive line, which most people would have like, how can you do that? you got Patrick Mahomes. Right, yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, he's the guy. You can't do that yeah. with Patrick Mahomes. But they were able to do it, and I, and I believe they actually got better up front because they had the courage to be able to step into some unknown waters. And as a football team, you can't be afraid to step into some unknown waters, but you better have a plan, and you better be able to execute that plan because if you make a couple missteps, it can go wrong in a hurry. So I'm looking forward to seeing what, what happens once this team gets to free agency. And uh, and also looking forward to seeing what happens with Juwan Taylor. I don't believe he'll be back. I think the money's going to get too big. And uh, but I'm most excited with this football team when it comes to the draft because that's where that's where this team's going to make hay. The Jags uh, since the combine or right around the combine moved, moved some money around to get underneath the cap, restructured Foyer Lewicans deal, and then moved some of Sheriff Zay Jones and Christian Kirk's money to signing bonus money. So cash. just kind of moving it around. Cash it, it basically becomes cash, and you know the you have to have an ownership willing to do that too. By the way, well, yes, and Pay and it. an cash. owner that has the cash to do that yeah. and the willingness to do that and the reality is is that you are essentially moving some monies into the future which at some point you're going to have to be able to handle that in the future the uh when when the first when when that first started happening it was looked at as like man the player's really helping out the team and then people really started to understand what it was. The player's helping the team out to get more cap money by taking more upfront money. The player's not doing that because he's just got a nice, kind heart, JP. Right. He's doing that because it's putting cash money in his pocket. <laughs> it's essentially getting more guaranteed money because you're getting that money now. Right now. And so, you know, so when you, some, some people, fans, have had the reaction, hey, man, it's really good that Sheriff and those guys re- restructured their deals to help the team out, you know, to that way they can keep some guys and still, you know, be a player in free agency and all that. <laughs> can you imagine yeah. the next day, you know, going to your TIAA bank account and looking in there and all of a sudden there's, what, $20 million extra dollars in there? Whoa, hello. Who got $20 million extra dollars? I don't know if, if that's the number, you know, just for an example. Like if that's the signing bonus, I was thinking like twenty bucks. I was like, yeah, twenty bucks. I'm happy with that. Yeah, (laughs) that's fine. But I mean, that's look that that's that's the world that some of these players are in, though. JP, Mm -hmm. you bring up a great point because I mean, some of these guys, that's the number that they may end up getting twenty, which is essentially an advance on a paragraph five salary that gets fronted or becomes a signing bonus, and then that twenty million gets spread out over the next three or four years that lessens the cap hit in the current year. I mean, that's – you know, we, we joke around about $20 million and think, oh, that's just – you know, that's just – the number's too big. But the reality is, in some cases, that's the number that some teams are fronting certain guys. Let's come back in a moment. Brian Baldinger standing by from NFL Network, and he's all over the place. He does everything. It's all over social media, Baldy's Breakdowns. He's a film junkie. I like it. There's no doubt. He had one on Calvin Ridley the other day. And some of his route running. We'll get his thoughts on the 
addition for the Jaguars at wide receiver. We're on 1010XL AM, Jaguars.com, and Jaguars social media. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. Mike Dempsey and Fat Tony, Jaguars Today. All Jaguars, all NFL, all the time. 10 to noon weekdays on 1010XL. A year away from the game um, and coming back now is just, it shows me I miss the game more than ever and that I love football more than ever. And football was something that I do and love and will always do what I love. It's Calvin Ridley earlier this week with Bucky Brooks. Catch the entire interview on Jaguars.com and Jaguars social media. Welcome back to Jaguars Happy Hour. J.P. Shadrick with Jeff Logman. We're on 1010 AM. Jaguars.com, Jaguars Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. And the podcast's available on the free iHeartRadio app. Search Jacksonville Jaguars. Well, Ridley reinstated after a gambling suspension. He's now in the final year of his rookie contract. Let's get in the film room with Brian Baldinger, analyst for NFL Network, Fox Sports, Compass Media Network, and so much more. At NFL on Twitter is a must-follow. Baldy, it's good to talk to you, bud. How are you? Hey, J.D., um, I'm doing good. Jeff? Good to be with you guys, man. It's a good time of the year. Yeah, thank you, Baldy. Hey, uh, Baldy, I know you're a film junkie, and and watching Calvin Ridley, the Jaguars wide receivers last year, I think, did a phenomenal job of being participants in the run game and being blockers. Does Calvin Ridley, will he fit that same that, that system where he will also be not a great receiver but also will be a good blocker as well? I think this, and, and, and I think I heard it. I think we all heard it in that soundbite very contrite about what he's done. Uh, he's been humbled, and he's missed the game. And I think that wide receiver room is pretty good. You know, Christian Kirk had an amazing year. Nobody thought, you know, when they signed him this time last year that he was going to be that productive. Uh, Zay Jones was just a complete pro. Uh, Marvin, the whole group, I think he's going to fit in. And if they say, you know, this Travis Etienne can hit home runs if our wide receivers are blocking – uh, the way they are capable of downfield, I think he'll do whatever it takes to fit in and to be a part of the group, and I don't think he'll be any kind of an outlier when it comes to that. Baldy, he uh, told the Players' Tribune in a letter that he played a lot of those successful seasons with a broken foot. I mean, they kept shooting him up and, and putting him out there, and then they had a change in staffs, and they after quickly realized that it was broken. So that shouldn't be an issue. If he was putting up the numbers in the past with a broken foot – I mean, that's a good sign for the future ahead. Well, he's just a good player. I mean, you go back to 2019, 2020, even with Julio Jones healthy, he was the number one wide receiver in Atlanta. And you could see why. I mean, they put, you know, teams put their best corner on him, he beat their best corner. And that's really what it comes down to. If you're going to be a number one wide receiver, you better be able to beat number one corners. There's a bunch of good ones in this league. We saw a couple rookies come in this league last year and light it up. Um, they're only getting bigger. They're only getting longer. They're only getting faster. And you've got to be able to beat them. He can beat them with his release. He can beat them with his route running. Um, you know, and he can flat out run by people. You watch him against Marshawn Lattimore and some of the elite corners in this league. I mean, he can hold his own, I think, with anybody. And so I think that uh, Jacksonville did their homework. I think they got the right type of guy. And I just think anybody, especially as young as he is, that's been humbled at this point in his career, I don't think you're going to see any kind of issues from him. Brian, how, how would you kind of rank this Jaguars receiving group, you know, assuming Ridley is the player that we've seen in the past? 
with with him, Zay Jones, Christian Kirk, if you had to rank them somewhere in the league, one through thirty-two, where would you put them at? Uh, well, you know, this is all going to, you know, it, that's all in flux right now, Jeff, with free agency, the draft coming up, so it's going to change. But I mean, just right now, uh, especially the way they played the last, you know, five six weeks of the season, uh, Evan Ingram just exploded, as you saw, you know, week in week out. You got to put him in that group because they they treat him like a wide receiver, and they put him in in matchups and three by one sets and all that. So I have to include Evan in there, and they just obviously franchised him and don't want to lose him, and I think he wants to be there. But, look, it's an elite group. You saw, I mean, the Chargers had been playing great pass defense up into that playoff game. The second half, they couldn't stop them. And, you know, sometimes you just need, you know, 30 minutes of great football like they showed, you know, to have one of the greatest comebacks, you know, that we've ever seen in the playoffs in league history. And so I think they're a a, a great group, and they – they have a guy that can kind of do just about anything. Yeah, looking at this past season, the growth of Trevor Lawrence was just uh, – it was amazing to watch as the season progressed, Brian, watching his growth, his development, his maturity, which we saw a lot of that his rookie year, but it was kind of hard for, for people, I think, to focus in on that. But watching his game this past year, where do you see his ceiling being at? I don't think it's in sight because the growth that we saw just in the course of this season, uh, you know, he, he, when, it, when it was fourth downs in some of these games that they, they had to win to stay in the playoff hunt, I mean, it was one stick throw after another. I mean, that game against Dallas, you know, just one of the more thrilling games that anybody in Jacksonville has ever seen that team play. Um, that Thursday night against the Jets, against a good defense in their game plan they had in that game, I mean, it was just off the top of my head just, going back, I mean, you saw it all. You saw the movement. You saw the play design, how smart it was um, to be able to beat a guy like Sauce and how they beat Sauce in that game against the Jets. I think it's a combination of play design, uh, confidence in the staff, the personnel around Trevor. The offense line was excellent all year long. Um, I just think it all came together. And if you said, what's the ceiling? I don't know because we just saw a tremendous uh, arc of growth this year. And I just think there's a lot more there to it, to the point where, you know, it's going to be difficult to choose between Mahomes, Joe Burrow, you know, uh, you know, Trevor. I mean, he might be in that category. Brian Boldinger with us from NFL Network, Fox Sports, Compass Media. It's Jaguars Happy Hour, and yet you mentioned it, that he's got to kind of be in that echelon if you're going to compete year over year for playoff runs and go deep into the playoffs in the AFC especially. This is a, a quarterback group right now, Baldy, that I don't know if we've seen one like this in a long time in, in one conference. Just dominate. Well, I mean, if you just look at the um, the divisional championship round, the eight teams that were standing, Dak Prescott was the oldest quarterback in the group. You know, yeah. Josh Allen, Patrick, Justin, like, you know, Trevor, Joe Burrow. I mean, it's a Jalen Hurts. It's a young group. This is the future. And Trevor's right there in there with them. And so uh, you saw the confidence just being around in game day. And I'm sure Jeff during the week, I mean, being around the guy, you see a complete difference. He's always been, um, you know, he's always been the best everywhere he's ever been, Cartersville High School, Clemson, whatever. But now he's in that group. Like, I don't think there's going to be a drop-off. I think Lark is only going to go up. And let's face it, um, that group of eight in the divisional championship round this year – they could 
be seeing each other a bunch in the next five years. The way that the teams have been building around them. Um, I think they've all got special players. I live in Philly. I know Jalen. Uh, I know how special he became this year, and I think he's going to get better. So, yes, it's the, the playoffs are going to be must-see TV for quite a few years with these young guns playing quarterback. Brian, watching uh, this past season, you know, we're talking a lot about the Jimmys and Joes, which are the players we always refer to. But coaching matters, and watching yeah. film this year of this Doug Peterson offense, every week I came away going, wow, wow, wow look at that yeah. play design. Yeah, I mean, was that as impressive yeah. to you as well? Yeah, it was, Jeff. And I saw it. I saw it in Philadelphia when they won a championship. And the thing that, you know, just listening to wires and, and getting to know Doug, you know, as a head coach, I knew him as a player and whatnot, but like, you know, the, the great thing about him, Jeff, is he's a great collaborator. He takes in a lot of information. It could be from the offense line coach. It could be from Trevor. It could be from, you know, it, it, it could be from Tyler Shatley. It could be from anybody. Um, upstairs, downstairs. Like, he just can take in a lot of information to come out with the right play, the right concept, um, the way they tweak things week in, week out. You saw, you know, some of the play designs in the red zone this year that, you know, were just clever. And, and they just worked. I mean, you could put, you know, a highlight reel together of just the plays of, you know, creativity and design and ingenuity. And, you know, it's, it's about knowing your personnel and what you put on tape and what you anticipate a team to do against that formation or that motion and then tweaking that. And, you know, and, they, and then to pull those plays out at the right time. It was a combination of all that, Jeff. I, I saw it. And if you're a Jacksonville Jaguar fan, if you're defending Jacksonville, you have to be ready for it. You got to love it as a fan and as an opponent. You got to be ready for what you haven't seen. Uh, Baldy, you played the game a long time. You played in the in the trenches, offensive lineman. Looking at the Jaguars' offensive line, I, I think if there's one area that this team could improve and take a significant step forward, it's it's improving the play, the physicality of that offensive line, making it. I don't want to say like Philadelphia's offensive line, but that's kind of the benchmark in the National Football League. How, Wouldn't be bad. Yeah, I mean, how do, <laughs> how do they take that next step on that offensive line and, and kind of get that offensive line to be one of the top offensive lines to help what is going to be or what we believe is one of the top quarterbacks? Yeah, well, I mean, it starts with you know signing Brandon Sheriff last year. I mean, you got to have one guy like that up front. You know, the sheriff is as tough as they come. Uh, he's just a grinder. Um, he's going to try to break your sword every Sunday. And that attitude permeates. You know, he got, you know, had a rookie in their playing center this year. You know, he's only going to get better. Uh, I, I think your offense line is only as good as your center. Um, you look at Jason Kelsey in Philadelphia. They're not the same without Jason in there. And just, you know, the protections, um, just how stable he makes the middle of the line for a quarterback that can step up. It's imperative. I think it's important to try to keep Juwan. Like, I, I'm a big fan. I know he's going to be coveted in free agency. But if they do lose him because they just can't afford him and that happens, because I thought Juwan played well. Uh, and I'm a big fan of his. But I know other teams that like him as well, too. So he might get a payday. But if they lose him, they better they better hit the draft and find him. You know, whether it's, you know, Darnell Wright, you know, out of Tennessee. You know, you got to replace him. And it's imperative that they stay strong in the trenches. I know Doug believes in that. That was the philosophy in Philadelphia. He knows the value of that. 
Um, if they lose Juwan, I think you, you better go high in the draft to go try to replace him. Brian Baldinger with us. Final thought with you, Baldy, and it goes to the NFL draft. You know, re, as of recent history around here, the Jags have picked number one overall. That is not the case anymore. They, are, they have the 24th pick in this draft. Kind of hard to, to cherry-pick players at that spot. There are some needs coming up. Cornerback, one of those for the Jags. But in general, top of the draft, how you feeling you know, we're a month or so out, a month and a half out from this draft and just out of the combine. What stands out near the top? What, what can we expect? Well, I think, you know, for, for Jacksonville, it ties into Jacksonville because I don't think there's any chance that the, these top four quarterbacks, you know, whether you're talking about C.J. Stroud, Bryant Young, Will Levis, you know, Anthony Richardson, I, I believe all four are going to the top ten. So it's going to push a lot of really good players. This is a deep draft in corners. It's a good draft for offensive linemen, especially interior offensive linemen. Um, it's an excellent draft for tight ends. Like It's going to push a good player and maybe a top-flight corner or tackle down to number 24. And, you know, Shaquille Griffin just got released. There's a need at corner. There might be a need at tackle. Uh, I think you can get a really good player, maybe a plug-and-play starter at 24 in this draft right now. Baldy, you're the man. Give him a follow on Twitter. If you don't, what are you doing? You should. At Baldy NFL, Brian Baldinger, uh, always good to visit with you. Thanks for taking the time, man. Yeah, my pleasure, guys. I'll see you around, Jeff. Take care, guys. Thank you, Baldy. Brian Baldinger, one of the best in the business, well, man. One of the best in a and, – uh, I got a lot of respect for Baldy just because, I mean, he's a guy that studies the film. He knows what he's talking about. He doesn't just read clips and then regurgitate information. He finds his own information, and I think that's the mark of a true film room junkie, and, uh, and I respect that. He's a guy that played way back in the 1980s. Been a while since he played. Oh, he's not that old. Come on. <laughs> I'm just kidding, of course. He's, uh, he, me and him are about the same era. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah he was a little before you. He was yeah, in 82, a little bit, came in yeah, the league. A little bit yeah, before yeah, me. Yeah, kind of right. hit tail end of him was the beginning of you know me, so uh, so we kind of overlapped a little bit there. But, uh, yeah, he and, and here's the other thing. He has done a tremendous job as a game analyst, you know, yeah. for years as a TV analyst. And every time I had the opportunity to listen to him do a broadcast, I always listened intently to him because I knew that he he was a guy who studied the game and studied the film, and he was going to give you the truth. Back in a moment, a look at the Miller Electric Center when we return. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. When Jaguars news breaks, you'll hear about it first on 1010XL, home of the Jacksonville Jaguars. You know, to be around the type of men that are that, that we assembled as a staff, and you know, working with Trent Baalke and obviously the the team, it just it just rejuvenates you even more. And and you just got a a spirit that that you just want to keep pouring yourself into these players and. And, and keep watching because I, I know we there's more out there for us and and that's what I was trying to teach the team you know as the season progressed there's more for us there's bigger and better and and um, you know uh, every every team every year is wanting to win a world championship only one team can do it and and you know ultimately we want to be one of those teams it's Doug Peterson at the combine last week in Indianapolis and if you're watching us on jaguars.com Jaguar social media Twitter Facebook YouTube a live look outside at the Miller Electric Center. I had a chance, Logs, to take a tour of that yesterday with Looking good. Peterson and Trent Balky and a few of the staff on both sides, and it was fantastic. It is huge, and it's coming along nicely. 
They have, are installing the irrigation system on the field area at this point, and all water and all air will be pumped in from underneath. And really? There will be no crown on any of the field. It will be just a flat surface so they can alternate the where the fields go and just not wear the field out. Right, so you could, you could do it per- long ways perpendicular. Or sideways. Yeah, you can do it however you want yeah, it's to. Because there's cameras, you know, permanent cameras for the film staff on all four sides, so you can you can do it any way you want. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, uh, the and, the, and the grass will go in in April. The drainage system has got to be pretty incredible oh, yeah. for for a system like that. And and that, I've never heard of that putting the water it's all pumped pumped in underneath. Yeah. Uh, I've seen uh, where they have, like, drip irrigation underground, so I guess that's kind of what it's like. I guess. Interesting. Uh, they had a lot of it exposed yesterday. They had a big event with the construction workers. Doug Peterson spoke to them. And they had a yeah. kind of a – there's about four months to go before they turn over the keys. Uh, end of June is the goal. And uh, as of right now, they got a lot of work to do, doing some extra work to get it done. But uh, as of right now, they're on track, and, and the Jags should have it by July 1st and then ready for training camp. Yeah, that'll, that'll be exciting to see all of that. And I'm sure there will be you know, little things that they've got to kind of work through as they get closer. But, man, the credit to the construction guys that have been putting this thing together at an incredibly fast pace. I mean, they have been working oh, yeah. in, intensely. I mean, I'm talking weekends and, I mean, working in late in the night. I mean, it's it's been one heck of a job now. And it is a stark contrast from the uh, area to work in this building as opposed to over there. Well, that one has it light. Is, it's got windows everywhere. <laughs> Natural <man>. light. Unbelievable. <laughs> the, uh, the, the stadium where most of the offices are at now, most people don't have never seen them for the most part. I call it the cat cave. Instead of the back cave, yeah, because there's right. there's like no natural light that exists in the business offices, the coaches' offices. So you'll see a lot of times coaches when they and players when they have an opportunity, they just literally leave the stadium just to go out and see some light, feel the light. There are times during the season when the time changes or whatever. You can if you're in here early enough in the morning, the sun's not up yet, and you're inside all day for some reason, and then you leave and the sun is already set. Like, it's like you're in Alaska or something. Yeah, like you don't you got, see the sun. Yeah, that's that's uh, not a lot of fun there. No. Sun's good for you, yeah, Apparently that glowing orb in the sky is and, what they call the sun. And, well, you got you got to get your vitamin D. Yeah, no yeah. doubt. Hey, uh, concert season is upon us now. There's no better time to become a Daily's Place Blue member. You can enjoy the best seats and amenities, premium parking, and more. And a great slate of shows already on the schedule, including Kenny Chesney, Old Dominion, Yellow Card, and many more, of course. Email ticketing at boldevents.com or call 904-633-2000. Concert season, man. Let's go. Kenny Chesney. It's a big one. That's a big one. That's when, a big what's the date on that? I don't know. So, it's soon. Very All soon. Right. I think it's April. I'll All check. Right. We do some, uh, I'm going to go to uh, boldevents.com to find out. Uh, dailysplace.com. Dailysplace.com. I think, yeah, they probably both have it on there. Uh, right. Upcoming shows. This is our crack research staff. April 14th, Kenny Chesney. Nice. To Friday, 7.30. That'll be a good one. That's right. That'll be sold out at, at some point. It, if it's not already. If it's not already. That's yeah. exactly right. Hey, let's go around the National Football League. The New York Jets have met with Aaron Rodgers since he's come out of his darkness retreat. Multiple members of the organization attended the meeting in California. They went to him, including owner Woody Johnson, GM Joe Douglas, head coach Robert Sala, and offensive coordinator Nathaniel Hackett. Well, just 
it feels like it's trending the Jets' direction with Aaron Rodgers. Well, it's the only direction that it could possibly go. It's either the Jets or Green Bay or Aaron retire. decides to retire. Yeah. I mean, who else is going to take on, what is his salary, $50 million? Big I think it's, maybe it's a big number. It's big. Uh, it's, it's kind of weird. Um, and I think a lot of it depends on your perspective on it. Are you a fan of Aaron Rodgers or are you not? And I'm a fan of his ability when he plays well. But would what would New York do to him? You know, could he make that team better? You know, look, if you're going to make a team better, you've got to be willing to commit to that team. He hasn't committed to the Green Bay Packers over the last couple of years for an offseason program yet. True. I mean, if you're going to go to a new football team and have new teammates, I mean, shouldn't you be willing to put – the time, yeah, and it's not like and invest. Yeah, it's not like the into Packers your had a bunch of veteran receivers coming back all the time. They had a bunch of rookie guys. Well, out there's there constant change. Yeah. I mean, there's constant change. And look, the the the, the off season is. It's not like they're asking you to have fifty practices with your team. You have a mini camp, and then you got it's thirteen OTAs, which is minimal. The uh, the the stuff that on the field stuff is just so become so minimal now because of the limitations that the coaches have. I mean, why would you not? First of all, why would you not do that to 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 take the opportunity to get better? Number one, to help your teammates get better. Number two, to create chemistry. Number three, and then also to show your commitment to the organization and your teammates. And Aaron Rodgers hasn't done that. As you can probably tell, I'm not the biggest Aaron Rodgers fan in the uh, world right apparently now. Apparently not. And uh, with the Jets, I mean, the reality is this is big city, big city lights, big city attention. And Aaron, But he's but if, had attention. He's the Packers quarterback. No, I get that. About. I, I get that. But here's, here's the thing that will, will not be the same as Green Bay. If Aaron Rodgers has or says something that's not so great – in Green Bay, it was kind of handled with kid gloves because he's Aaron Rodgers. It's Green Bay. In New York, oh, dude, they're getting after. They it. buy ink by the by the drums, okay? <laughs> the sports writers in New York, right? Okay, they sharpen their pencils to a very fine point. And look, I know a lot of those guys, and they're great people. But the moment that Aaron Rodgers starts acting like a jackass is the moment that Aaron Rodgers starts getting treated like a jackass. So I can't wait to see, and I hope he does go to New York, because I think it will be nothing but pure entertainment. Sounds fun to me. The other team in New York just signed <laughs> their quarterback, by the way, Daniel Jones, a four-year deal, $160 million. Uh, Daniel Jones. For, uh, 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 How about that? Uh, what was guarantee? I don't know. Do you know what the guarantees are? I'll look it up. Four years, hundred and sixty million, forty million a year. And what, 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 what are the? And here's the crazy thing: you don't know what's going on in Baltimore because you've got a, a negotiation that's very fragile because Lamar Jackson is representing himself. And I'm not saying that Daniel Jones is in Lamar Jackson's category because he's not, because Lamar Jackson is a dynamic runner. But they're kind of similar in a lot of ways in that Daniel Jones is an effective runner. Um, still kind of learning how to be more of a pocket passer. Lamar Jackson, similar in a lot of ways, but Lamar Jackson is lights out, dynamic. Every time he touches the ball, you go, (gasps) you hold your breath, right? You don't do that so much with Daniel Jones, but he's been an effective runner. So where where is that negotiation at 
in relation to that $40 million average that Daniel Jones had. We don't know Mm. because the Ravens don't want to talk about it because Lamar's handling the negotiations himself. And if you end up saying something, you're going to end up hampering the process, offending your quarterback. That's why I wish Lamar Jackson would get an agent. I mean, there's guys that are willing to do it at a much reduced rate, and they're professionals. They do that for a living. You play quarterback for a living. Have somebody help you do your contract because that's what they do. And there's a lot of guys that are out there that are really good at it that would be willing to do it at a reduced rate because the money's going to be so big. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and they'll have you he on can, their roster the whole you deal. You can negotiate yeah. the rate. You know, I mean, a lot yeah. of times they're like, well, the agents are expensive. Yeah, I get that. But more times than not, get you more. 99% of the time, the agent pays for his expenses because of his expertise. Geno Smith signed a deal today, actually signed it today. Three years, $75 million, $30 million fully guaranteed for him. And what a story for Geno Smith. Good for him. Uh, out of, I mean, he's been in the league forever and finally got an opportunity and cashed it in. Good job. Yeah, I mean, I think up until now he's made like $16, 17000000 in his career. And then he just, you know, he just broke the bank. And, he, and look, he had a great year. Uh, he had a great co- uh, quarterback competition. He earned the position. He performed. He was accurate. His uh, completion percentage was high. Uh, I remember two years ago when we went out there, and I remember saying that Geno Smith can't win a football game. There's no way. And all he did was win a football he game. He certainly did. And played really well. He's, he proved me wrong, and he's been proved me wrong since. He's done a great job. Give him a lot of credit because it's not very often that you have a quarterback who's had multiple chances at different stops that finally ends up finding a way to have success. And so I give him credit because he continued to work, and he found, finally found success. All right, that'll do it. Another program in the books. Good to see you again, Logs. Good to see you, JP. We've got a busy week ahead. Of course, the players this weekend at TPC Sawgrass. And then next week, it's the negotiation window, Monday, Tuesday, ahead of free agency, Wednesday, 4 o'clock is the start of the league year. Legal tampering period is the official term. Well, the unofficial term, yes. Legal tampering period. Isn't that kind of funny? It's like the jumbo shrimp or the – Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Oxymoron. Yeah. Uh, that's Joe Mo wrong. Yeah, that. That's Joe Fortunato, uh, Brent Reaver on the audio uh, video side. Excuse me. That's Jeff Logman. I'm JP Shadrick. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network.